You're listening to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. Danny and Jason had many discussions and debates on the back porch while making pivotal investment moves with assets. That's right, with trading cards. They welcome you to the back porch and right into those discussions about current sports news with a fresh and unique twist. So come on and join us. Welcome to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jason. Co-host, Danny. Fans, we got a full show for you today. NCAA talk, NBA talk, and the return of our trading card scenarios. Boy, looking forward to this one. But first, Danny, on to the NCAA, where the UConn Huskies men's basketball team, they will go ahead and win the championship over the San Diego State Aztecs. And oh boy, this was no game. This is real, real, Danny. I mean, we kind of knew going into this game that UConn was going to win. They've been winning by double digits the entire tournament, and this was no different. Thought San Diego State had a chance to get, you know, into the single digits here. Um, There's no mystery that they go into the weight room, man. San Diego State, that is. And I thought by their girth and their strength that they would um, ultimately prevail here. But nonetheless, man, UConn wins uh, for their fifth championship uh, in men's college basketball history. What say you about uh, this tournament, Danny? Yeah, UConn, man, they were on fire. And this looked very similar to when Kemba Walker and team made that run where – you just didn't know it initially, back like you remember back when Kemba and them took it. Mm-hmm. But Kemba was on fire. This team, I was like, mm, initially when the tournament kicked off, but then they got into high gear. And San Diego State, give them credit, and that's late in the second half, they did make that run like every other game where they're getting beat down. And in the second half, they just grind back and – getting back into the game, but they just didn't have enough in, against UConn. Uh, congratulations to the Huskies. Congratulations to the San Diego State, man. I, for them to make it as far as they did, and they just put on a great tournament. That game against Florida Atlantic on Saturday night was a classic. And you, by looking at the guy's shoe, he just missed st- from stepping out of bounds in that game. So great tournament overall. It was Great to see some uh, new blood in the Final Four, and congratulations again to UConn. And, Danny, I think that's what we're going to be seeing moving forward. I think we're going to see new blood going going from year after year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think in the age of NIL deals and a transfer portal now, I think we're going to really see some new blood here, uh, Final Four after Final Four, uh, which is going to be very exciting. I think that the NCAA uh, is has been found out. Let's just say uh, we know that NCAA had, in, in my opinion, um, that they have been shafting these guys, man, mm-hmm. student athletes. And so I think what you're seeing in basketball and in football, in where these conferences are really starting to become uh, major conferences, Super League conferences, if you will, uh, they're starting to look for their own money. And now the NIL is here. It's here to stay. That's not going anywhere. Uh, once you 
give it to somebody. It's going to be hard to take it from them. And I don't think the NCAA has that governing body any longer to really uh, have these rules or regulations any longer. So it's going to be interesting moving forward, but I think we're going to see a lot of parity, especially in men's college basketball and women's college basketball as well. I mean, heck, the LSU-Iowa uh, championship game for women's basketball, I mean, what a turnaround by the LSU uh, women's team. Two years ago, losing record, mm-hmm. coach. Two years later, champions. Yeah, I mean, I, I think NIO is definitely here to stay. And now, Danny, on to this little bit of basketball talk. Boy, this is the last week. This is the last week of the regular season, boy. And I tell you, this is shaping up to be a very intriguing week because this is where – the playoff seating jockeying is starting to happen. Uh, and I'll just say this, the Bucks did make a bounce back here against uh, the Philadelphia 76ers after they, they got drubbed by the Boston Celtics by 40, 41 uh, at home at that. Um, I have always said that the Bucks have a problem in beating these top tier teams. I still, in a sense, kind of feel like that. The Milwaukee Bucks need this number one seed because they do not want to to have to face two premier teams back-to-back rounds in the playoffs. I don't think the Bucks are capable of beating, honestly, two top-tier teams back-to-back like that. Having said that, once Milwaukee gets the number one seed, because I don't think they're going to relinquish this, I believe that they're going to face the Boston Celtics in the conference finals. And that is going to be a seven game series. Uh, So get your popcorn ready. I think the Bucs are deeper, Mm -hmm. but I think the Celtics can get hot. And for some reason against the Celtics, the Milwaukee Bucks, they do not defend the three point line all that well, for whatever reason. Um, I think Bud needs to really look at his lineups mm-hmm. in that series and put the Boston Celtics at a defensive disadvantage with the myriad of lineup choices Bud has. There's a lot of lineup choices that Bud has, man. And if he doesn't go to the finals with this team, that's a travesty. That is it's a total travesty of coaching because there is so many matchup matchup advantages that the Milwaukee Bucks has with this deep of a lineup, this deep of a bench. And if they don't go to the finals, man, I just, that's on Coach Bud. What say you, Danny? Yeah, Jay, uh, big game tonight with Boston and Philadelphia facing off. Uh, big from the sense that Boston really to keep pace and have any type of outside shot of getting a number one seed, they need to win tonight. So in a way that helps, because that means they're going to be playing uh, their players. They're not going to be sitting anybody in this final week or so. Uh, So they, the Sixers may be because they're pretty much locked into that three spot, but yeah, the Bucks should be in good shape here going into the playoffs and that, yeah, that game last week, 
we talked about it's one of those things where you want to have some type of showing because that may be in your back of your head once you the two of you meet if all goes according to plan so tough loss but they bounce back against philly if they would have lost that philly game then you may have some issues but i think they're they'll be all right going into the playoffs uh as everything's getting set here and as we're talking about the bucks i'm gonna bring up the lakers and you talk about jockeying for seating so right now they're in the seventh spot and they are a half game back of the Warriors and Clippers right now for the five and their Clippers are in the five spot. Warriors are in the sixth spot. The Lakers have a game against two, the Clippers coming up. And they also face the Suns. The Lakers do not want to be in that playing tournament. Um, like I spoke about, because if they can avoid that, that's rest for LeBron and team and an opportunity for them to get ready for the actual playoff push. But if they if they stay in that seventh spot, then there's extra games and who knows what could happen. So that's where also this comes into play with this playing tournament where these teams are trying to stay away from that seventh spot if if all possible. So I'll be keeping a close eye on those Lakers this week and see how they do. I really want to watch that Clippers-Lakers game because I know there's a lot of riding on that game. And that's off of the back-to-back. So Lakers play tonight mm-hmm. uh, at Utah. Uh, they fly back to L.A. for that game tomorrow. Um, and so that's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Bucks they do have a game tonight against the Wizards. Uh, and then they go um, and, and have a game tomorrow. So, yeah, this is going to be interesting, Danny. I think with the Western Conference, uh, it looks like Denver Nuggets has the number one seed pretty much locked up. Yeah, uh, Grizzlies have the number two seed. Kings right behind them. KD coming back for uh, the Phoenix Suns. This is shaping up to be another awesome NBA playoffs. Some other coaches here. Jimmy Babano, uh has made it. Uh, the 1976 U.S. Olympics women's basketball team. Former Purdue coach Gene Katie, former Texas A&M women's coach uh, Gary Blair. Longtime coach, uh, Division Three Amherst, Dave Amherst, uh, David Hickson, and Gene Bess, uh, who won 1,300 games as a junior college coach at Three Rivers Community College uh, in, in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. Um, Danny, let me just say this: uh, got a few few comments here about the Hall of Fame class. For one. I think it's high time that the NBA have their own Hall of Fame. Every professional sport has their own Hall of Fame. I think it's high time that the NBA has their has their own Hall of Fame. Two, the reason why I say that is because I just don't want the Hall of Fame, Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame, to get watered down. It's not to say that any of these individuals or teams are are watering the Hall of Fame class down. But I think the Hall of Fame is supposed to be, if you name a player, it should be automatic, or oh, he's Hall of Fame, or she's Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. It should be automatic. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't have to be, well, let me go look at their stats. Let me you know, see what the deal is. The three, 
I believe it's getting it's starting to get watered down because this Hall of Fame class, again, I'm not saying that an individual is watering down the class, but the Hall of Fame Fame class was announced before the final four weekend. He used to be aware the Hall of Fame class was announced like the Saturday of that final four game. Mm-hmm. This was announced like earlier in the week. And there was no fanfare. I mean, there was, I mean, I don't know. I it just seems like the juice, the the mystery, the I, I don't know. It just seemed like something is is not there when it comes to the basketball hall of fame. And I think the NBA needs to do something about that. They need to have their own hall of fame. The other thing here too, Danny, I mean, basically, listen, from an NBA standpoint, to me, there's no denying Dirk Nowitzki being in the hall of fame. So this is say, for instance, if there was an NBA Hall of Fame, specifically an NBA Hall of Fame, I can't deny Dirk. I can, definitely cannot deny D-Wade. Can't deny Tony Parker. And can't deny uh, Greg Popovich getting into the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Um, Powell Casal, I think this is where maybe the Naismith helps out a little bit because Powell actually had a, uh, a career before the NBA yep. overseas. Did Powell have an NBA Hall of Fame career? I mean, he went to three finals with Kobe. He was an integral part of the Lakers winning those rings, those two rings with Kobe. Mm-hmm. Um, is that a Hall of Fame career? He got his jersey retired. It's in the rafters in LA. That's one I think may may be a conversation worth having from an NBA Hall of Fame perspective. But for a basketball Hall of Fame perspective, Powell definitely deserves to be in there. What say you, Danny? Yeah, Jay, this is congratulations <laughs> to the class that was inducted. Yeah, Powell is one of those ones where if you're looking strictly NBA, he's not someone that is like, like Dirk, he brought the seven footer jump shot. He, he changed the game that way. He brought a different flair to the game for a big man. And you look at D Wade and what he did as far as his athleticism and just his gameplay, you know about D Wade. Tony Parker was just a winner. And it's one of those ones, Tony Parker, you can look at, and it could be, there could be some discussion on Tony Parker, but you can't deny all the championships. And that's where I think Tim Duncan kind of overshadowed mm-hmm. Tony Parker and Ginobili. Mm-hmm. But they were a package deal, in my opinion, and they all deserve to go, even though I can't stand the Spurs. But why not have a specific, select, exclusive group of individuals being named in, in the Hall of Fame. And yeah, it was it was like, yeah, okay, yeah, this is here who it is and a couple highlights of who these people were and that was it. Yeah, a little more fanfare would have been great around this and but I don't see them changing it just due to the global nature of the game. 
I think that also impacts this as well, uh, the way they have it laid out. But from our selfish standpoint, I agree. I think we need an NBA-only Hall of Fame, and that velvet rope would definitely stop a few people from getting in uh, just because of name recognition alone. Uh, if you got to think about what they did for the game, you know their name, but it, how much of an impact did they really have? Mm-hmm. It would be definitely some criteria to uh, lay that out. And now, Danny, on to the return of our trading car scenario. Who we got? So, Jason, we have two tonight. Uh, first trading card scenario is Jalen Hurts. 2020 Panini Prism rookie card for Lamar Jackson's 2018 Panini Prism rookie card. A couple quick bios. Jalen Hurts went to Alabama, uh, transferred to Oklahoma his senior year because of Tua, and was drafted 53rd overall by the Philadelphia Eagles. He has one Pro Bowl, 7,900 yards passing, 44 touchdown passes. Almost 1,900 yards rushing with 26 touchdowns. Lamar Jackson went to Louisville and was drafted 32nd overall by the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, two-time Pro Bowler, 2019 MVP, one-time All-Pro. 12,000 yards passing with 100 yard, 101 touchdown passes, 4,400 yards rushing and 24 touchdowns. Jason, who do you want in your portfolio? This return is epic. This return of the trading card scenarios is epic, man, because I've had, I've been going back and forth on this one right here. Lamar Jackson is an MVP. He, he did win an MVP. Um, Jalen Hurts was in the running for an MVP. Out of these two quarterbacks, only one has made it to the Super Bowl, to the big game. In this league, it's about what? It's about championships and it's about rings. I, I do admire what Lamar Jackson is doing right now. This is off the field, but mm-hmm. it was regarding contract. And in this particular instance, it's regarding getting a fully guaranteed contract. And what he's doing, I bet you there's going to be a lot of quarterbacks looking to do this moving forward. Having said that, though, Danny, we're talking about what's going on on the field. Now, if I take this card, I can tell a story. I believe that Jalen Hurts is going to be in the running for an MVP run again here, or he's going to be a candidate again here. And I think Philadelphia is positioned to possibly, possibly make a return into the big game because the NFC is, is not as strong. Mm-hmm. With that, man, I'm going to have to go with Jalen Hurts because Jalen Hurts is a dual threat as well. We haven't seen anything like like Lamar Jackson since uh, Michael Vick, the speed, et cetera. But the issue that I see Baltimore having is pieces around him. I don't think they have enough pieces around him to for him to be successful to make it into the Super Bowl. The offensive line seems to always to be hurt, banged up, whatever the case may be. Lamar Jackson gets banged up. He doesn't have the receivers. Uh, he doesn't throw as much, whatever the case may be. 
Jalen Hurts has all that. He made a significant improvement from last year to this year. I'm going Jalen Hurts, Danny. Who you got? Jason, this was definitely tough. And it's hard from the standpoint of, like, I look at Jalen Hurts and his setup with the A.J. Brown trade and the moves the Philadelphia front office has made now around him puts him in a way better position, especially in NFC, where he can have that continued success, where he's, you have to respect his running, but you have to also respect his arm. And that's one key difference, I think, between the two of them is Jalen Hurts has better accuracy from a throwing perspective, from what I've seen. The problem is it's hard to compare because Lamar doesn't have an A.J. Brown. He has Mark Andrews. But with their injuries, like you've mentioned, it's hard to get that consistency. And I think that's one of the things that's hurt Lamar is having that consistency because if he's on the field, usually the players around him were injured or whatever the case may be, not making any excuses, but it's just what it is. So it's hard to get, and they still want, they still win. And that's a credit to the Baltimore organization, even though they have all these injuries. So back to the card, and I'm looking at a similar situation with you of if Jalen Hurts can build upon this year and make that run again to the Super Bowl and not knowing right now where Lamar Jackson is going to be, if he'll be in Baltimore or not, how does that impact him and his trajectory? He's a great player. But depending on the situation he ends up in, and if he stays in Baltimore, what are they going to put around him? Because that's always been the question. He doesn't have, he's never had a number one receiver. He's had great, he's had good receivers around him at times. But the main piece he has is Mark Andrews, which is his tight end. As much as I like Lamar's card, I'm also going to go with Jalen Hurts just based on the position he's in right now. And how he can build upon that. And they can make multiple runs because the NFC is going to be down for a while. So if Philadelphia can manage around the salary cap, I think they'll be fine. And I'll take Jalen Hurts' card as well. Second scenario is Kevin Durant's 2007 Topps rookie card for Dirk Nowitzki's 1998 Topps rookie card. A couple quick bios. KD went to Texas, was the number one. Two overall pick by the Seattle Supersonics, 13-time All-Star, four-time scoring champ, two-time NBA champ, MVP, two-time final MVP, and 75th anniversary team. Averages 27 points a game, seven rebounds a game, and four assists a game. Dirk went straight to the pros, was drafted by the Bucks ninth overall, and was traded to the Dallas Mavericks <laughs> that year. Uh, 14-time All-Star, one-time NBA champ, MVP, one-time Finals MVP, 75th anniversary team. Career averages 21 points, 7 boards, 2.4 assists. Jason, who do you want in your portfolio? This was tough, man. I remember when you and I and another dear friend went to with the Pan Am games in Indianapolis early on. And we thought 
the U.S. men's basketball team was going to make it to the finals. That didn't happen. But we ended up seeing Dirk playing. And we were like, man, who is this? Fast forward, and Dirk goes to Dallas, stays to, at Dallas for his whole career, brings the championship, went to two finals. One final he lost, the first final he lost against Miami, against D-Wade in Miami. And that was when D-Wade led the team. The second finals, he played the Heatles. That was their first year together with LeBron, D-Wade, and Chris Bosh. And he foiled their efforts of becoming NBA champions. That says a lot right there because that loss almost really broke up the Heatles from what some individuals have said in the NBA locker room. Because they didn't think that was going to work moving forward. That was because of Dirk. And Dirk was the star of that NBA championship team. Here's the other thing. KD has gone to the championship before joining Golden Golden State. He went to the championship against who? Against the Miami Heatles, (laughs) right? Kevin Durant, Westbrook, Westbrook and Harden. Yep. They were young, but they lost against the Miami Heat. And that was LeBron's first ring. That was with the Heels. I say all that to say it says a lot that Dirk beat the Heels, stayed with the team, brought a championship home. I admire what Giannis has done in terms of bringing a championship back home to Milwaukee. Dirk did that. KD went to go to Golden State and won a champion, two championships. He's been bouncing around, thought he could stay with Brooklyn and do something there. That didn't happen. Make a long story short here, Danny. I'm going to have to go with Dirk because I can tell a story about him winning a championship with the team that he stayed with for his whole career. I can tell the story about him almost busting up the heels. And man, what we saw in the Pan Am games, I can also tell that story. I'm going with Dirk. Who you got? Jason, you make a compelling argument and I can't argue any of it. Dirk was one of these guys that when you watched him play, he could always get to a spot and he could shoot lights out. And that year when he played with Jay Kidd and Jason Terry, Jet, and when they beat Miami, and remember, too, they're down 2-0, and he brought them back. So, yeah, much credit to him. And when I'm looking at KD and all the trials and tribulations with KD in Oklahoma City and him leaving, which I think would have made a huge difference on his legacy if he would have stayed. Cause they were that close, man. They're a Clay Thompson playing out of your mind game away from making it. Third quarter. Yeah. <laughs> shoot from <laughs> shoot tonight, shoot with his eyes closed to make it three pointers <laughs> in that game. But when I look at the card and KD being on that Seattle Supersonics team, 
that is no longer a franchise currently versus Dirk Nowitzki's card. I'm going to take Kevin Durant's card mm. in this scenario due mm. to the Seattle Supersonics and him being a part of that last franchise, you know, the Seattle Supersonics franchise before it was disbanded. So if they come back, then it's different. But right now that has some nostalgia tied to it. Um, so that's, I'm going to go with KD's card. Thank you for joining us at Backports Talk Podcast. You can also join us on Twitter by tweeting us at back underscore podcast. For more information, you can go to our website, which is backporchtalkpodcast.com. You can also email us at backporchtalkpodcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you for joining us. And remember that there's enough hate in the world. So go ahead and spread a little love.